Just be you. Be who God created you to be as a leader. God created you uniquely. Your voice is unique. The way you lead is unique. And that is important. Be who you are and be free in that. Hey, welcome to the Loop Community Podcast, where we're passionate about providing you with quality and affordable resources to help your band sound great, but most of all, to help you sound like you. My name is Matt McCoy. I'm the founder of Loop Community, and I'm here with my co-host, Derek. How's it going, Derek? It's good. Derek, are there any things that you do that you just keep doing them because it's just the way you've always done them? Uh, There are a lot of things, I'm sure, but one that comes to mind is... uh, we live in Chicago, and there is a train system in Chicago. And for the longest time, I took the same train home just because it was easy. It's the route you knew yep, the best? it's the route I knew. It's the cleanest train, actually. But I would just get on, not think about it. But then one day, I realized it actually goes the long way home, like backwards around the loop. So there's six more stops. Interesting. So I was kind of like, oh, maybe I could try something. But I was really resistant to it for a long time. And then one day, I got on a different train to then transfer to that train later on in the route, and it saved 15 minutes. So you're transferring trains, but it still saves you time. Yes, still saves time because the other train is just so much faster getting out of the city. Wow. And so... 15 minutes is no joke. (laughs) Yeah, 15 minutes a day for... I think I was doing it for probably a year before I switched. And so 15 minutes every workday for a year, that's a lot of time I could have saved. Wow. And done other things. Unbelievable. So now I take the other train. It's quicker and I transfer. Yeah, right. But that's something that I was really resistant to. I remember for me, like if you think back to like five versions of iOS ago, there was a time when like everybody, I don't even know what it was or what started it, but you had to like close your apps on your iPhone. Mm -hmm. And I think it was more of this idea of like, oh, I'm going to save battery, you know, make sure all my apps are closed that I'm not using. And so, you know, you double click on the home button and start swiping up to close them. Yep. And I got in the habit of doing that. And now they've said that like in this last version of iOS that actually opening up your apps and like closing them all actually takes more battery oh, to do wow. that than it is just to leave them all open. Wow. But I still do it just because there's something that's almost addicting to like yeah, opening I it up it. and closing them all, like making them all go away. I was also thinking about, I was leading worship at a church this past Christmas season. I was actually leading worship on the last weekend of December. So it was mm. like New Year's Eve, 1231 or something. Yep. And they asked me to play a Christmas song, Go Tell It on the Mountain. And they're like, listen, you know, this is a song that we we just always do after Christmas, you know, because it kind of goes along with Advent. And I'm like, I don't know. Like, are you sure like people aren't going to be tired of Christmas songs by then? Mm-hmm. But anyways, we did it. But what was interesting is that nowhere in the service did we actually talk about why we were singing that song hmm. or we never even mentioned Advent. So we just did a normal worship set. And then all of a sudden it was Go Tell It on the Mountain. And there probably were some people thinking like, why are we still singing yeah. Christmas songs? And it was one of those things where it's like, it would have been okay to do it mm-hmm. if we would have explained why we were doing it. Yeah. But otherwise, it was just that we were just doing it just because it's just something we've always done. And for new people who maybe haven't been around for you know yeah. many years before, they wouldn't know that that's just something you always do. Yeah, I just thought it was random. Yeah. So like just communicating 
I think also like, you know, there's in churches like who are setting up their worship flows and planning center, mm-hmm. you know, they just like create one template that they use for like years and it's, you know, one song and then someone comes up and does announcements yeah, and then prays and then they continue the three song set. And instead of actually like trying like, hey, maybe how about we do announcements after the three song set? Right. <laughs> so it doesn't break up the flow. Churches may not ever actually experience that just because they're not willing to try something new. It's yeah. just, hey, something we've always done. And I guarantee that the worship leaders who are listening to this podcast can probably think of something in their church, something that's done that is just like, why do we do that? Right. And you're like, well, it's just because it's the way we've always done it. And I can almost guarantee everyone's thinking of one thing right now Yeah. that is like that. This kind of ties into, we've got an interview today with actually me. Mm-hmm. which is funny. Gabe Finocchio, a good friend of mine, interviewed me for his podcast. And we thought we would just kind of repurpose it and reshare it for our listeners because I think there's a lot of some interesting things that Gabe and I talk about regarding worship leading. Cool. One of the things that we talk about is the way that we play songs hmm. and how sometimes we can get into this just rut of like just playing the song the exact same way every single time. So when you play Reckless Love, you do it the exact same way every single time, just like the album. And we talk about how, you know, that's cool, but what would it be like if we actually, you know, use creativity to change up the arrangement Mm -hmm. and to also be okay when maybe the band we're playing with does it in a different style or like the drummer maybe doesn't match the exact drum beat from the original recording, but he's doing his own kind of feel. And a lot of times, you know, I know that there can be a temptation of like, hey, no, we need to do it just like the album. Right. But kind of opening up our view of being okay with like, well, maybe this is okay. This is different. It's a new style. It has a new feel. And letting creativity win in that way instead of kind of just playing karaoke in a way. Yeah. So we talked a little bit about that, which I thought was a fun conversation. But I think we should just jump right into the interview now, I think. Let's and we'll it. come back and talk about it later. So here's Gabe's interview with me. Hey everybody, this is Gabriel Finocchio from the Royal Royal, and I am here with my friend, long friend actually, from Chicago. His name is Matt McCoy, and I'm super pumped to be having a conversation about worship. We are doing our worship series right now, and I'm just excited to have this conversation with Matt. Matt and I go way back, and we've had conversations about worship endlessly and and we're both worship leaders and so this is going to be a good time so matt welcome good to see you thanks for having me gabe good to see you man if only some of those conversations were recorded (laughs) i mean how many hours have we spent talking about worship in the church and exactly yeah theology we both love ministry so much and we're both pastor's kids we are aren't we that's fascinating that's so true yeah and we both grew up in the 90s with vineyard music with vineyard music and the renewal and charismaniacs maranatha (laughs) knowing you jesus (laughs) (laughs) oh my god so all that good stuff we can get into uh but here's the thing i i just have a few questions for you today i want to pick your brain i really i value your experience and i just want you to share based on your own experience 
what worship means to you and and questions revolving around that. But first, I actually I really want people to know what you do. You're a worship leader, right? Right. You travel itinerantly worship leading. You've cut a, a couple live albums worship leading and they're awesome. Uh, but you also have a business, right? Yep. Yeah. So I own loopcommunity.com. Right. And we basically exist to uh, provide worship leaders with resources to enhance their sound. So we sell tracks, like multi-track backing tracks. And then we make software and hardware that worship leaders can use to actually run those tracks. So it's like a full ecosystem for all things tracks. I love that, dude. I mean, what a massive contribution to the local church. Like, I forget who I said this to, but I remember when we used to worship lead, if you didn't have a band as a church, you would use like a CD. <laughs> yeah, right. And sing along to it. <laughs> There's churches that are still doing that. Oh my God, dude. I just remember those days and it was it was brutal. So we have people sometimes who order tracks from us and then email us like weeks later and they're like, my CD never arrived. <laughs> so that's still happening. That's amazing. But yeah, I mean, I mean, as you know, as a worship leader, like sometimes at a small church plant, you may not have musicians. You may be missing a bass player or missing a keyboard player. Right. And so what you can do with technology now to play with tracks to help fill in a missing bass player or a missing keyboard player. And it helps churches who are like really small, you know, setting up in a high school auditorium actually have a full worship sound. Gosh. And the problem was it's hard to run tracks like it was complicated. And so what we've done is tried to make it simpler. So we created our own software and hardware to do that. That's amazing, dude. And that, is that how you started it? You just noticed this need and then you just began to like strategize to problem solve and think of how you could fix it. Yeah, as a worship leader, I just, I had the need. I was like, hey, I wanna play with tracks. It's hard to find tracks and it's hard to use tracks. So I was like, we gotta figure that out and make it easier. Dude, I love that you're a problem solver like that. That's so amazing. We need more people like you. What would you say is in the future for Loop Community? So we just finished rolling out our brand new website to make the whole experience just more enjoyable, kind of a more Spotify feel. And so that just happened last month. But what we're doing now is just focusing on enhancing our app. A lot of people are wanting to use our app to run tracks because it's just really easy to use. And so we're just going to be enhancing the app and adding new features to that. So, so you could basically run tracks from, from like your iPhone? From your iPhone, iPad, your Mac, whatever. On a Sunday morning. That's amazing. We want to make it simple. Exactly. So let's get into some trivia here. I... And I don't think I've ever asked you these questions, but I want to know uh, what your favorite worship albums are, if you have any. What are your favorite worship songs? Who are your favorite worship artists? So start with the album. Okay, so let's start with a new worship album, and then I'll tell you an old one. A new one that I love is Hallelujah Here Below by Elevation Worship. Have you heard this? I haven't. It's like their latest album came out a couple months ago. Oh, that's awesome. And it is, it's killer, man. It's like really, really good songs on there. Wow. So I've been listening to that a lot. Okay. And then old, I always go back to the, do you remember the Cutting Edge albums by Delirious? Dude, yes. Cutting Edge 1, Cutting Edge 2, you know, with like, Did You Feel the Mountains Tremble? I Could Sing of Your Love Forever. Yes. Oh, what's it called? What a Friend I've Found. Yes. Obsession. One of my favorites on that album is uh, Find Me in the River. Find Me in the River. It's like one of those songs that, that just like, you can put it on repeat and listen to it all day long. Those albums, I think it was like a collection of tapes that they converged into one big album, 24 songs. Yeah, but those, those songs are so, they're so radical in their presence. The songwriting is just so, it's so raw. 
it's like coming right out of like a personal devotion book or something. Yeah, but it's it's still super congregational. Yeah. You you can still sing I Can Sing of Your Love Forever in church. I mean, we did for years. We killed those songs, beat them to death. Okay, so that's awesome. So that's old, yeah. Okay, do you have another one? Oh, another album would be the Hungry Vineyard album. Hungry UK. You know, Catherine Scott's on there. Yes. I love all the old Vineyard albums, but that one I go back to a lot. There's something so special about that album. Especially if you want to hear some flute and some worship songs. There's a lot of flute on that one. We don't do flute anymore. <laughs> no. Yeah, it's just like it's like the saxophone. We used to have saxophone worship. Right. <laughs> it used to be so cool to have a saxophone player in your worship. I know. I remember at my church growing up, there's this woman who would bring her flute to church and stand in the back of the room. And I remember watching her as a little kid, like put together the flute. And then she would just stand back there and play. You don't see that anymore. I think we banned them. They're unwelcome, along with the flag wavers. Yeah, the banners are gone. <laughs> Interpretive dancing. Yeah, exactly. I'll usher these people out of the service immediately. <laughs> okay, so worship songs, top three. All right, an old worship song that I love would be Faithful One, Brian Dirksen. Do you remember that one? Faithful One, so unchanging. Yes. You are my rock in times of trouble. You lead me now when none fall down. Your love is the anchor. My hope is in you alone. I love that song. Oh my God, yeah. That's an amazing one. Okay. And then new, I mean, this is pretty cliche, but new and it still rocks me is So Will I. And, you know, I actually think about like Delirious. When you think about those songs from, like that was in like 95, right? Cutting Edge came out. Yes, yeah. Like the uniqueness of those songs at that time was like, wow. Like it was different than anything else anyone else was doing. And I think So Will I is also one of those songs, but for like today, like 2018, So Will I comes out and it's like, that is so unique. Like no one's doing that. I just love their creativity and what they're saying in that song and how they say it. That's good. The funny thing is that you and I text each other constantly. Yeah, old songs. About, yeah, what songs like we remember as kids growing up. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Yes, dude. I mean, these are classic 90s songs, but that's so cool. Okay, so uh, worship artists, who would you list there? This is a hard one. The Royal Royal. <laughs> Obviously. Obviously. That's like saying, well, who's your favorite book? The Bible. I mean, you can't, you can't include that in your top books list. Yeah, right. It's assumed. Right. Okay, yeah. Oh, this is hard, man. There's so many good ones. I mean, the big ones... I for sure love Elevation Worship. Okay. They're probably my favorite. Like they're, I just love the sound. I love their writing. Congregational like anthems they're writing are so catchy. You know, something like Do It Again, Resurrecting, Oh Come to the Altar. I mean, the list goes on and on. Bethel, I love Bethel music because I think it's just, it's really creative. Right, yeah. And this isn't super congregational worship, but someone I've been listening to a lot recently is Andrew Peterson. Have you heard of him? I haven't, no. He's a great writer. It's not really congregational. He's more of like a devotional devotional writer, yeah. Keith Green type or Yeah. Okay. Rich Mullins, Keith Green, those are also going my top favorites. Right? Hold Me Jesus. Great song. Oh yeah, dude. Hold me Jesus. Obviously it's a given, but like you pointed to two artists, Elevation and Bethel, and they're both coming from a 
a local church experience, you know, like it's not like they themselves are kind of on their own doing worship as a solo thing, but they're deeply entrenched and connected to local churches. And I know obviously you're a worship leader, but my next question is like, how would you describe your perfect worship experience? What would that look like? How would you orchestrate that? What do you think are maybe a couple elements that you'd incorporate into it? Oh, all right. So I have two things that come to my mind. One would be, I just love worship circles, but only if people are participating. <laughs> like, you know, like a small group worship experience? Yeah. We were sitting in a circle in a living room and people are just singing, kind of like the whole house fires thing. Yeah. You know, or uh, who is it? It's Will Reagan and United Pursuit would go down as another one of my favorite uh, worship artists. There's an album called Live at the Banks House. The whole album, I believe, was recorded like in a living room. Just some guys on guitar, bongo, some cello, and tons of people in a room, and they're just like singing their heart out. Yeah, dude, I, I know what you're talking about. You can hear like the voices just like reverberating through the room. Yeah. Because everyone's actually participating, and that's what's really special about it. What's really awkward is when you're doing that, and you're the only one singing. Yeah. <laughs> and no one's even participating. Right. Then it's a bummer. Because they don't want to be there, or you know, or you suck. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> totally. No, dude, I agree with you. So is that what you're saying? Your perfect experience would be a very intimate environment where there's full participation and people are, are connecting with God, connecting with each other. Yeah, stripped down, low production. Low production. Yeah, which is funny considering that I run a company that's all about production, helping churches have production, yeah. But yeah, I think that would be my ideal worship experience is like in a living room that's crammed. It's just chill, relaxed. Yeah. There's an album that I really love. It's by a band named Capstone and uh, a friend of mine, Joel Oger. Actually, I, I really want to have him on here and kind of pick his brains about this as well. He had a band called Capstone in Canada out of Toronto, and they released an album called Undone. And I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but the whole album was recorded with that vibe. Yeah. It was like, you know, him and like 30 of his friends and his band in the round, they recorded a worship album. To this day, I love listening to it. Just like you said, it's so intimate. You can hear the voices. You feel the presence of God on it. So what's uh, something God's been speaking to you about recently on, you know, this topic of worship? Obviously, like, you know, you and I, we kind of live and breathe this stuff. What's something that God's been, been sharing with you personally? Okay, so I've, I've had two things. One is more of just a general observation about worship. The second is, is a heart thing that I feel like God's really been speaking to me about. Um, one, the observation is I've actually had an opportunity a lot recently to just attend church and not be leading because I used to lead every single weekend, 52 weekends a year. And uh, this past year, I was maybe leading half of that. So I was attending a church and, you know, get to the 9 a.m. service. And one thing I noticed, and I'd actually be curious what your thoughts are on this, is that it feels like the keys of the songs are way too high. When I was leading worship, I used to always want to key the songs into the original key. The problem with that, though, what I noticed is that, like, you know, the band, they got there at 6 a.m. and they've been rehearsing and sound checking for like five hours or whatever by the time the service was around. So they've had a pretty good vocal warm up. But people coming to church who show up at the 9 a.m. service have not had a vocal warm up. When these songs are keyed too high, I feel like it really discourages participation. At least it has for me personally. I'm like, you know, I want to sing, but I'm tired. You know, I just don't feel warmed up to even sing as a participant. Yeah, totally, dude. Totally. So I'm trying to keep that in mind when I'm keying songs. It's like, 
you know, not swing completely the other way and go really low. Yeah. But not do it the key that's on the album. Think about the people who uh, are attending. That's really interesting. I think that, yeah, out of the gate, we want to start off with like a bang. And we want to we want to jump right into things and hit the ground running many times with our worship. But, dude, I agree with you. Like, I think there are components and elements that ought to be changed a bit when we are doing that first song. Right. And that basic call to worship song, that song that we that we kind of initiate, you know, we enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. We're basically kind of walking in. People are walking in. But we're we're walking into the presence of God in worship. And I think I I mean, I totally agree. There is a thing about warming up that we have to maybe think about a little bit more. Yeah. And I've shocked people at my local church by sometimes doing like the first song of the set as actually like a slow song. <laughs> people are like, Gabe, you're not seriously thinking of of leading Holy Spirit as a first song. You know, like Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, I am. I actually, I think it's a great call to worship song. And I think that's a, actually a good, maybe even a creative way of of helping people to kind of warm up, you know? Yeah, their heart might need a warm up. Absolutely, dude. Absolutely. So I think, again, like we're so used to starting things off with that high energy, top of your lungs. And you're right, dude. I think greater sensitivity to that would be good. Yeah. And then the heart thing that I think God has really been teaching me a lot is kind of getting back to my roots. When I think about when I first started leading worship in the vineyard, it was so chill, man. You just get your acoustic guitar, plug in. Yeah. And just go. And like, you play the song, but hey, you might do another chorus. You might do a different song. <laughs> I was thinking a lot less at that time about the production and how tight the band is and did the drummer play the right fill and did the guitar player play the right lick. And what I feel like I've really drifted to and I'm trying to get back to it is like, I became a perfectionist. I became a worship perfectionist. And in rehearsals, I was like pretty intense when I look back. I expected the band to be like playing the song perfectly every time and for everyone to nail it. Hey, didn't you listen to the album? Didn't you listen to the recording? We got to do it just like that. Right. And it's like, do we need to do it just like that? Is my question for myself now is like, why do we need to do it just like that? Right. Maybe that was a good thing for what they were doing, but I've been just kind of thinking through, like, I want to be less of a perfectionist in worship. I think excellence is still good to strive for. You know, I want to play well. I want to sing well. I want to lead well. But I don't want it to be about the performance. I want it to be about the heart and authenticity of it. And Not just going through the motions, right? Totally. Yeah. Because it's easy to start going through the motions when you're just playing through a set and just trying to play through the songs exactly as they were professionally recorded. Right. Because a Sunday morning is not a professional recording. This is, you know, time to lead your community. Right. In what I hope to be is an authentic way, you know? Yeah. I think you're tapping into your vineyard roots there. It's such a sensitive approach, but a very healthy approach spiritually, trying to, you know, check your vitals uh, as a worship leader and saying, gosh, you know, I, I hope I'm never getting into this this kind of mechanistic style of just like, okay, you know, verse once, chorus once, verse once, chorus twice, and end. <laughs> and it's over. And pray for 20 seconds, and it's done. Yeah. You've roadmapped everything. It's all good. And you've roadmapped the Holy Spirit, too. And I'm not anti-structure or planning, because I do think that that's a part of, like, leading well. Like, you have to have a plan. You have to be able to lead people, kind of know where you're going. Where are you taking people? Totally. But I want it to be less about the performance. 
and more about like, hey, we're here to worship. Yeah, dude, totally. That's awesome. Okay, so then as a worship leader and as somebody who has like experience, obviously you're sharing from your experience here. You're talking to a young, you know, Padawan, Jedi in training, you could say. <laughs> what would you say if you were to, to kind of step back and become that, like maybe a mentor to a young worship leader, a dude who's like, 18, 19, 20, and he's cutting his teeth on on worship leading and, you know, he wants to be you in 10 years. Wh- what would you say? What are the top three things that maybe you, you'd say some, some good advice for him? Oh, first thing I would say, and this is very controversial, I would say don't go to worship school. <laughs> Do not go to school to be a worship leader. Are there worship schools? There's worship schools. That's like a new thing or something. There weren't worship schools when I was becoming a worship leader. Okay. It's the capitalist movement, Gabe. <laughs> They're finding ways to... <laughs> finding ways to monetize. People want to be worship leaders now. But but it's true when you think about it. When you and I first started leading worship, people weren't like full-time worship leaders at churches. Like maybe, maybe at like certain churches, but it's become like way more of an actual like profession, like a full-time thing. Anyways, I would just say don't go to school to be a worship leader because you don't need to go to school to be a worship leader. Like if you're going to go to school, get a Bible degree. You know what I mean? I think as a worship leader, you don't need to go to worship school. Go to Bible school and learn the Bible. That's good. Learn theology. Learn about like what's actually happening. Like what's happening in the church? What's the purpose? Yes. Because I think worship leading, you can learn that by just experience, like volunteering at your church and being underneath another worship leader. And I don't know. That's a very controversial one. I I like that because that's what I did. (laughs) I think that's great advice. Okay, what's the next one? Um, I would say content over style. And you've probably heard this one before. Yeah. But I would say that I think that right now it seems like everything, I mean, it's changing a little bit, but a lot of times we let style win over the content of the song of what we're actually singing. Right. And I think you should be able to have both. You should be able to have rich content, theology, good lyrics, and good style. Yes, I agree. Totally. But if it ever came down between a battle between the two, I think content needs to win over style. Right. And not just doing a really cool, creative song that has weak lyrics. Yeah, I agree with you, dude. I agree with you. I would rather do a cheesy old vineyard song that has rich, deep lyrics than just a really like artistic, cool song that says nothing. It's funny because some of my favorite worship songs and albums are not actually like brilliant musically. <laughs> they're they're not. They're very maybe maybe sloppy. And there are points where it's like kind of inartistic, but the anointing of the Holy Spirit's on these albums and even the songwriting may not be this like majestic poetic type there is a beauty in the simplicity of it so i agree and i think that the holy spirit can touch and use anything he wants totally but i i think that you know what what david said in psalm 51 the sacrifices of the lord are a broken and a contrite spirit these oh god you will not despise and It's not that the bulls and the goats are bad in the sense that making God's praise glorious is wonderful. Solomon's temple was glorious. And it's a wonderful thing. That's not a bad thing. But David's tabernacle, it was just David and the Ark of the Covenant. And there was just that raw simplicity, but that authenticity. I think that's that's what God wants at the heart of all art, you know, like totally everything that he wants. I agree with you there. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. The last thing I would say is just be you. 
Like, be who God created you to be as a leader. Don't be looking at, you know, Chris Tomlin, Joel Houston, and try to mimic them. Right. You know, they can be great inspiration and great, um, you know, someone to look up to. Yeah. Or to get ideas from maybe, but don't feel like you have to be them. Look like them, dress like them, sing like them, play like them. And don't feel like you have to be doing what they're doing as far as like a level of success. Like just be who you are. Like God created you uniquely. Your voice is unique. Yeah. The way you lead is unique. And that is important. I would tell a worship leader just to uh, be who you are and be free in that. That's awesome. Yeah, that's really good. And I think that's super encouraging, you know, because there is a point where you kind of feel like you have to conform to like whatever is kind of cool, you know, or maybe like, I I think we inadvertently worship people. (laughs) And we're just like, uh, you know, I do it. If I see a celebrity or if I see somebody, you know, who I think is a celebrity who I love, I gush, you know. I remember seeing Tom York. I met Tom York, dude downtown Chicago I was walking down the street with my friends and he's coming towards me and I couldn't speak I'm like you you know growing up listening to Radiohead it was just one of those things I was like my god like so he was very kind and he just stopped and and let me gush but I, I wouldn't say I was he's an idol or a false god in my life but certainly there's something about it where you just you naturally want to pour affection and adoration on people that you look up to and that you respect. And I think that can be healthy, but if it's unchecked and unguarded, I think it can turn negatively. And and yeah, we should say, no, you know, God's given me an ability to, to lead worship that may not look the same as somebody who I really admire and respect. Yep. The style, the style can change and that's totally okay. That's actually a part of art. That you're that you have a different style than someone else. That's that's actually artistic. That's beautiful. Although the substance of our worship, which is directed towards the Lord, that should always stay the same. Yeah. But we should learn how to be artistic, really, is what you're saying. And be ourselves and be unique. Have our own style. Yeah. And it's something to be celebrated and not discouraging. You know, it's actually interesting because just last night I was guest leading worship at a church with a band that I've never played before. At a more kind of like an older, more traditional church. Okay. And they have like a praise band, they call it. Yep. All right. And so I brought a set list of songs that I play a lot, you know, Lion and the Lamb, Cornerstone. And these songs, I know how they should sound. Well, I brought these songs to this praise band that I played with. And these guys were like really talented musicians, but they're, they were older. They're like in their 50s, 60s. They've been playing in churches for like 30 years. Right. And they're really talented musicians. What was interesting, though, as we started playing those songs, they were like playing it just in their own style. And it kind of sounded like 20 years ago. Yeah. It was very like jazz contemporary. Holy dude. Yeah. (laughs) And I was actually while we were playing, I was thinking, you know, in my old days, I probably would stop and be like, no, didn't you guys listen to the song? Like, this is how it's supposed to go. This doesn't sound like Lion and the Lamb, how it's supposed to. (laughs) But I was like, you know what? This is actually kind of cool. And I liked it. I was like, you know, I'm actually kind of sick of those songs anyway. Like, this is actually kind of a fresh take on it. Totally. A new way to do it. And it, and I thought, we need to celebrate this instead of discourage it. Yeah, that's awesome. That's really good. That's a great encouragement to uh, to close on. Dude, thank you so much for this time. I, I know you're crazy busy, especially in this season. Never for Gabe. Your company's growing and, and you've got so much awesome stuff you're doing. Thank you so much once again, and I love you and really appreciate you uh, just in my life, speaking into my life and 
you and I are friends as worship leaders and we share each other's burdens, you know? And I think that's like, people need to do that. There needs to be more camaraderie. Loop Communities does that. Create that community and fraternity between worship leaders. So thank you for what you do. Absolutely, man. Love you, brother. Thanks for having me. Dude, thank you. Take care. Hey, community. Our feature producer this month is Nathan Whitten. Nathan is the executive pastor at the Calvary of Assembly of God in Elkhart, Indiana. Nathan is a newer producer, but he's already started creating a bunch of tracks for popular worship songs. Let's hear from him now. Hey guys, my name is Nathan Whitten. I've been a Loop community producer since the fall of 2018. My wife and I, we uh, pastor at a church in Elkhart, Indiana, and I love being able to produce tracks for my church to use in our worship experience. And I love being a part of the Loop community producers um, because that means that the tracks that we use and that I make uh, are able to be used by the church and not just our church. And they're able to have an impact on um, the church around the world. I love that. I love it. So I'm Nathan Whitten, and I am LC. Thanks, Nathan. Now let's listen to his track for Hallelujah Here Below by Elevation. This is Community Talk. That was a great interview. It was fun, right? Yeah. It was hilarious. He's so funny. I always love my talks with him just because he's like kind of an outrageous person. Seems awesome to hang out with Yeah, and encourage. I'm sure he's super encouraging. Yeah, he's a good hang. That's awesome. Because he also like laugh at all your jokes. Yeah. And (laughs) make you feel definitely very like listened to and he's awesome. That's great. I thought it was really interesting. You guys talked about like leading in a living room and just like a chill environment. And you said that may be your favorite place to worship. And, you know, you even mentioned we sell tracks for worship services to make them not acoustic sets and kind of bigger productions in a way, in a sense. It doesn't have to be, but it can. And that's kind of where the worship industry is. So I thought that was really cool, actually, to hear you say that you love just leading in like a chill environment. Is there like been a time recently where you've gotten to do that? Or is that just like something that happens sometimes like rarely yeah i wish it happened more often mm-hmm. um but like you said yeah i feel like you know churches don't really do that much anymore unless you're at like maybe a small church yeah where you don't have a full band but i think it's probably more of like goes back to just my roots of being in church plants being in the vineyard vineyard was very much like that like home group kind of worship yeah and um actually i can't think of one time that i was able to do that and i don't know if you were there was it at our small group at jeff thompson's house oh cool i wasn't we there. did a worship night Nice. We actually did communion and worship at our small group. Nice. And that was probably the last time I was able to do that. It was probably two years ago. And it's just awesome. It's just like it's such a much more intimate 
setting. But yeah, there's no technology, no yeah. tracks. And there's something special about that. Mm -hmm. And I think that I would encourage every worship leader to maybe somehow figure out how to work that into a, a worship set, like rotation. Like yeah. Maybe once a quarter at your church, do just something like way stripped down. Don't use tracks. Like just you on an acoustic guitar and like a bongo player next to you or something. There you go. And that also just might be a cool way to just to change things up so it's not the same sound happening every single weekend at your church. Yeah. All right, everyone, you heard it. You have permission to not use tracks one week <laughs> a quarter. Right, but you have to come back after that. <laughs> right, come back, please. <laughs> um, you guys talked about, we touched on this before the interview too, um, just what's something you've done because you've always done it. And uh, you guys talked about playing the songs like the same way on yeah. the album. You can kind of feel pressure. Like this is someone's song they made. It's great. We love it. Everybody in the congregation knows it that way, probably. But sometimes it can be really cool, I think, to change up the style, maybe change up the instruments you use, maybe just change up the arrangement, maybe stop playing music in the middle of it and sing an acapella chorus or something. Right. Um, I think that's just really encouraging to me and hopefully to other worship leaders to just know, like, you have the freedom to do that. Yeah. And that's one of the things I love about Loop Community mm -hmm. is that you know, we're letting worship leaders upload tracks that they've created in their style, their arrangement, their sounds. Mm -hmm. And so these tracks aren't all sounding the same. And I do think that there is a strange pressure that worship guys sometimes feel to sound just like the album. And I feel like we're beating a dead horse here talk, even talking about this because right. we've talked about it so many times yeah. on this podcast. But there's this weird pressure that worship guys feel of like, when we do So Will I, it's got to sound just like Hillsong United did. And I better sound just like Joel Houston. Right. And I just think there's like danger in feeling that pressure and thinking that because you're not Joel Houston. Right. I'm not Joel Houston. I'd like to be Joel Houston. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, you're unique. Like, and God created you in a very unique and special way. He gave you a voice. He gave you a talent, a worship leading style. So use that like 100%, max it out mm -hmm. and don't, trade it or try to trade it to be someone else yeah. and that's what i love about loop communities we're all about that like don't just sing along with the record lead worship in the way that god created you to lead yeah and it can lead to comparison issues and uh gabe mentions like we worship people like yeah. not necessarily in an unhealthy way it's just natural we do we see right. celebrities we hear these songs and like suddenly they're on a pedestal right and so we feel like we just need to be them but you don't mm -hmm. and that's really awesome I don't want to get you in trouble with any worship schools anywhere, but uh, <laughs> oh, you boy. mentioned something that I thought was really interesting. Um, and I think I agree with, just wanted to touch on it. Um, you said don't go to worship school, like to be a worship leader. Your overall thought from what I got from it was don't just limit yourself to being a worship leader. It's not a requirement to have a worship leading degree. Right. And so do something like study the Bible, get the theology behind the worship leading mm -hmm. so that you can be a worship pastor and pastor other people through that. And I thought that was really good. I think a lot of times just in schools even, they want you to focus so much on like a specific thing that when you actually get to the job, you're sometimes unequipped for the whole job. Totally. Yeah, no, that's exactly what I meant. Because there's a lot of great things being taught at those worship schools. But it's stuff that you don't have to pay four years of tuition to go to. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I think that... Um, it would almost be better served to get like a Bible degree yeah. and learn theology and understand how is worship being taught about in the Bible. Yeah. Um, but even way farther and deeper than that. I just think it might serve you a lot farther because you can still learn how to lead worship from, you know, mentoring underneath like a worship leader at your church mm -hmm. or 
different worship conferences or just or just doing it. Yeah. I mean, so. you could even like major in Bible and then just get like a minor in worship yeah, or that's something a good idea. like have more options. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a great way to put it. Yeah, for sure. Gabe talks about substance and style. And I really liked what he said about how styles can change because it's artistic. You're an artist, whether you're playing on stage at your church or writing songs and performing at concerts, like you're an artist. And so if your style kind of goes back to what we talked about, about playing the songs, if your style of music or your style for your worship team is different, you said, celebrate that, don't discourage that. Yes. And I think that is so just freeing and awesome to hear because we don't want our teams, like maybe there's some kid on your worship team who has his own style of how he plays guitar and he's great, but you kind of discourage that because that's not really what you're used to. And so you just kind of limit him and make him play a certain way. Right. Um, and they may actually play worse. Right. In and the way that you're trying to make them play. Exactly. Like you don't necessarily need them to be like going crazy or anything yeah. like that, like outside of your church's style right? Um, or distracting or anything, but don't limit the creativity and the artistry of playing music and totally. leading worship. I thought that was cool. It's such a wider spectrum than we give it. Yeah. Like I led worship a couple weeks ago at this church and we did Lion the Lamb and the drummer like did not at all do the beat that is on the record. Yeah. In fact, it was like this way like kind of like swing, contemporary, nice. almost felt class like jazzy in a way. Mhm. And at first did it feel weird to me? Yes. Yeah. But then I was like, actually, this is pretty cool. This is really different. And if I were to tell him probably to, you know, do it one other way, he may not be able to nail it as much. Right. Because maybe the other way is his superpower. Yeah. You know, like, I think that we need to just be celebrating the differences instead of trying to squash them and put them in a box so that everybody sounds the same. Yeah. Um, because we're going to limit creativity if we keep doing that. Yeah, and then Gabe's most important point about that is he said substance has to remain the same. The style can change, the artistry can change, but what we're worshiping, God, and why we're worshiping, like the substance and the content has to stay the same. So be totally free yes. to do what you want, but make sure you're focused and your congregation is focused on um, yeah. just praising God. Yep. If there's ever a battle between substance or content versus style, content should always win. Yeah. Definitely. And we should be able to have both. Right. And the goal is to have both because you don't want to have like a bunch of just cheesy songs with really good content. Mm -hmm. But content is the most important. That should win. Definitely. That was a great interview. Thanks for sharing that with us. And everybody, if you love listening to the Loop Community Podcast, uh, we'd appreciate you leaving a review. And if you have any comments or questions or want to hear anything in the podcast, email us at podcast at loopcommunity.com. Thanks, guys. See you later. Thanks for listening to the Loop Community Podcast. Happy looping. <laughs>